Hey everybody, welcome to the program. I am Daniel Day, your host, and right now I have the distinct honor to speaking with Dr. Kent Engel, the president of Southeastern University. Dr. Engel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Daniel. It's great to be with you and have a chance to, to have a conversation. Absolutely. As we get started, would you do me a favor, please, and open us up with a word of prayer? Sure. Father, we love you. We are thankful for the mission that we are on, the mission to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and everything that we do, everything that we place priority in our lives is to display that, to share that, to live that. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about that, God, in this conversation. And I pray that you'll bless this conversation and that those who are hearing will gain uh, insight that will encourage them and strengthen them in their calling what God has for them. And we ask your blessing on this conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everyone, we are gathered here today to discuss what it looks like to be a Pentecostal leader in a post-COVID world. Obviously, COVID-19 is not totally out of our current reality, but we are moving into a season where we have a better understanding of things. And now we're kind of in a, a post-COVID time where we are adapting and rolling with, uh, uh, with our season. And uh, certainly been a disruptive season, but that doesn't change our calling to be spirit-led leaders. And I can't think of a better person to talk to about this topic than you, Dr. Engel. And I'm really grateful that you're giving us some of your time today. Oh, no, I've been looking forward to this opportunity. You are a longtime student and scholar of Pentecost, and you have a framework for that. Uh, you spend your life, you've spent the last many years and the last 10 years uh, investing in future leaders, um, people who are empowered with that lens of Pentecost. And uh, I want us to just kind of start out by identifying what it means to be a Pentecostal, because there might be some confusion around that term. And then we'll move into what it means to be a Pentecostal leader. Uh, Dr. Engel, what does it mean to be a Pentecostal from your vantage point? Yeah, when I think of what uh, Pentecost is all about, to me, Pentecost is, is centered in Christ Jesus. And, and to be more Pentecostal in the way you live your life is really to become more Christ-centered. I've always believed that... Um, it's Pentecost is all about emphasizing the revelation of Christ as Savior. I mean, when you look at the day of Pentecost and you look what happened in the upper room and Peter goes out and begins to proclaim and begins to preach in, in his Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit anointed message of the day, what did he do? He said, this is all for the purpose of preaching Jesus, proclaiming Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, you know, to the right hand of the Father. And then the Father uh, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us so that we could be that perpetuation of who Christ is in, in, our, um, in our world, in our culture, in our calling, that we can proclaim him. Uh, so bottom line for me, I think the divine purpose of Pentecost and to be Pentecostal is, is discovered you know, in who Christ Jesus is. And um, in fact, in the very words of Jesus, I... I was reflecting the other day on, on the passage found in Luke chapter 24. It's Jesus' own words where he, he, he talked about the fact the Messiah would suffer and die and, and, he, and he, you know, he would rise from, from the dead uh, on the third day. But this is so that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of 
Jesus' name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Uh, and, and then he goes on, and there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. So this revelation is made real to us, I think, every day through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and that's why it's so important to understand the foundation of what Pentecost is all about. And uh, we believe that the Holy Spirit then in our lives is active and working in our midst, giving us access to the presence of God, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, so that um, we can go out and spread the good news of, of Jesus to, to a hurting world. So, you know, I've always approached it as, as understanding what our priority is um, in, in the way we pro- proclaim Jesus Christ and the fullness of who He is. And, um, and when you think about what we're going through, and I know we'll touch on that a little bit more, but you know, we're, we're, it's, a, it's a dark world, and it needs a church that preaches Jesus and the repentance of forgiveness of sins. It, it's a world that needs a church filled with um, you know, the supernatural signs and wonders, specifically so that I think it can show in many ways, the fullness of life that comes from following Jesus, having a relationship with him. So that's how I've always approached, you know, being a true Pentecostal um, and, uh, and, 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 and proclaiming who Christ is, is, is the reality of what that's all about. I think that's so good. And I appreciate how you uh, answered the question. So gospel centric uh, is gospel centric. It's about Jesus Yes. You really spoke to the root of the issue rather than the fruit. And I think so oftentimes that maybe maybe you've seen this, when people think of Pentecostal, they immediately go to the fruits of Pentecost or the fruits yes. of the Spirit rather than the root of it all. Um, I think if we have our roots deep into the gospel, as you've just articulated, then obviously the fruits of the Spirit will follow and manifestations and power of the Spirit will follow uh, but it's so oftentimes people have their definitions flipped and they, they root their definitions of Pentecost in the fruit rather than in the roots of the gospel, which is what I hear you saying. Is that about right? That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, it's, it's again, it's, it's Jesus focused. I mean, that's the whole purpose of what we're about. And you are given the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the Holy Spirit to have that power, that anointing to be witnesses of Christ. Amen. Um, and so that's, that's foundational and that's understanding. That's why you, you see that uh, developed in, in, uh, in the way that, that Christ, you know, led his disciples uh, in the way he taught them in the way that he uh, longed for them to understand what their role would be after he left mm-hmm. and went to the right hand of the father. So good. All right. Well, let's uh, keep it going. Talk to us about Pentecostal leadership now that you've identified what it means to be a Pentecostal. What does it mean to be a leader who leads through that lens? Well, I think first and foremost, from a um, a priority, practical, uh, you have to be a person who, who first and foremost listens to and, and obeys the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and, and I, I call it, you, it's this discernment as a leader. There is a, there is a spiritual discernment that overwhelms or comes into the life of a, of a true Pentecostal leader that brings constant, consistent, 
I think, connection with uh, the Holy Spirit. And of course, that only comes when you develop a, a model of spirituality in your life, when you develop uh, the right disciplines that help you to be engaged and, and, and right in the middle of that discernment process. So, I mean, your discipline of, of uh, disciplines of prayer and, and of reading scripture and of um, uh, mentorship, um, you know, it, it, those kinds of things are important and, because it's only comes from a posture of, of those disciplines of that model of spirituality uh, and being that you're going to be truly led by the spirit uh, that will help facilitate how God wants to use you, how God wants to um, create opportunity for you. And it will be unique to who you are in the gifts, in the abilities, in the talents um, that he places in your life. Because after all, again, we have to go foundational that we, we are a masterpiece created in him, created in Jesus to do good works, which he prepared long ago. And to me, that's a Pentecostal leader that understands that dynamic, that knows the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life and the discernment of the Holy Spirit so that you can lead in the moment. You can lead in the context. You can lead in the circumstance. You can lead in the challenge. So that's, that's something that is absolutely foundation. I think another thing, at least that I know has, has been important in my life as a Pentecostal leader is to lead through the lens of um, that, that supernatural love element, um, that supernatural love that God has for, for, um, for mankind, um, for God so loved is why Jesus came. Yeah. And, and Pentecostal leaders have to be passionate about that um, lostness with, with prevailing love, with persistent love. Um, and, and you have to be passionate in, in terms of reaching and, and setting a light, uh, you know, against whatever you're going to come against in this, in this, in this world or in your context or in your calling. So that's extremely important. And, and, and then I think another thing is the Pentecostal leader is known for the love that they have and show to people that, that, that God brings to their lives and how important that love is a dynamic. You have, Paul talked about it. You can have faith, you can have hope, uh, but love is the greatest. And, um, and that has to be um, pervasive in, in how we display who Christ is. And the Holy Spirit guides us in that process. Um, so that's, that's important. And, and of course, that's a lot. A lot of that will come through the fruit of the Spirit. I've always believed that, um, first of all, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, when Jesus walked this earth, he embodied every fruit of the Spirit, and he embodied every gift of the Spirit. Mm. Now what, what has happened is, is, as he's gone to be at the right hand of the Father, now the Holy Spirit, he has, has, has put that upon us so that we now can be a perpetuation of who Christ was, and we can now, as the church, operate in the gifts and we can have the fruit of the spirit so that we continue that embodiment of who Christ is to those that we have the privilege to serve, to come in contact with, um, to reach for the kingdom. Yeah. And so to me, that is a solid Pentecostal leader who understands that dynamic. And I'll tell you this in a world that is longing for relationship 
and relationship that has impact, um, that is always going to be found when you operate in gifts and you operate in the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, there's not a relational conflict or problem that can't be solved with the fruit of the Spirit. That is awesome. I really want to uh, keep this going just a little bit more and ask a little follow-up to what you've just articulated uh, because in all of your answering in the last 10, 15 minutes, not once have you um, pigeonholed your answer into a church box. Uh, You've just been saying Pentecostal leader, and, and this is really the essence of Southeastern from what I've observed is you're creating leaders filled with the Holy Spirit to go into athletics, medicine, politics, um, every sphere, business, uh, writing, the arts, uh, the whole gambit. And the, and the Holy Spirit has Pentecostal leaders in every single sphere of society. And the, the general um, characteristics of a, of a Pentecostal leader that you've just outlined for us, someone who listens and obeys the Holy Spirit, walks in discernment so they can lead in the moment, and someone who walks in love. I just want to take those few characteristics for a second. Listening, obeying, compassion, discernment, love. What if those characteristics were brought into our political world right now by a Holy Spirit young, Holy Spirit filled young leader from Southeastern University, and they infiltrate that that category of society? How big of an influence does that have in our world today? Oh, it'll, it'll be a significant influence. I mean, we, we are doing just that. First and foremost, our, our mission is all about divine design. So our mission is helping students understand that God uniquely made them. Why? Because he's going to use them to be a solution, uh, to a kingdom solution to an issue in this world. And it's going to take um, all different walks of life. So, so that's the other element that you bring in when, when, when the fact is that it's not just full-time pastors who are called into ministry. Every single person who has breath is Amen. called into ministry, but it's going to take a different shape, a different form, a different influence. But, but again, that's why it's so important to be connected to the Holy Spirit, because you have the actuality of, of being able to, to discern how you can take what you've studied, what you've learned, how you've equipped yourself, how you've been a good steward of your life, because... Yes. In all reality, it comes down to stewardship of life. That's right. and, and we will be judged one day on did we do what God created us to do? And we cannot fully uh, live out uh, again. We are created in Christ Jesus until we know Jesus. And we are full of the Holy Spirit to be able to finish and accomplish um, and influence, to be salt, to be light, to have impact in, in, in the places that God takes us. But that is absolutely at, at the center of who we are as a university and what we do. Yeah, we're going to provide a well-rounded education, but more importantly, it's going to be an education that is Christ-centered, understanding wherever a student goes, they become Jesus to that issue, to that circumstance, to that challenge, to bring solution. And we have a world that is hungry for that. 
Amen. And if you will go and operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and you will go and operate in the fruit of the Spirit, you will see lives change. There's no doubt about it. That's so good. Uh, let's, let's, let's do take a moment, though, and speak to church world. Um, uh, I'm the son of a Pentecostal Assembly of God pastor, uh, married uh, an MK, uh, AGWM veterans, in-laws. My wife's grandfather was an Assemblies of God church planter. Um, so we kind of have it. We're like a cop family, but ministry. Um, and, and so when you're raised in that type of Pentecostal environment and, and background, there are expressions of Pentecost that we, we just naturally identify, okay, that's a Pentecostal expression of church, uh, altar calls, laying on of hands, um, you know, uh, certain ways we might do pastoral care, hospital visitations, and just speaking as an Assemblies of God, you know, pastor, all of that was disrupted by COVID. You know, the way we do pastoral care, altar calls, laying on of hands, you know, just some of those traditional elements that we all loved about gathering and church and Pentecostal expressions, so to speak, quote unquote, Pentecostal expressions, all of that was disrupted by this worldwide pandemic. And you know all about disruption being in higher education. That has just been, everything's been blown up with education right now. Um, but there are some Pentecostal, um, I don't know exactly how I want to put it, uh, what it means to be a Pentecostal that wasn't disrupted, Right. Right. And, and, and so what would you say to the pastor or church leader who might be discouraged right now because some of those expressions were disrupted? And how might you help them to focus on the things that stayed steady? Well, I, you know, I've, first of all, I've often looked at um, in, in my life, and again, I'm speaking by personal experience, that God often uses a catalyst or God often will use a disruption or a circumstance for us to learn, to grow. Um, and, and oftentimes, you know, he's not the cause of that, but oftentimes he allows us to journey through those things because it will only make us a stronger, more mature, better person to be able to discern what um, needs to happen, what he wants to do through their lives. Um, so, so I look at challenges like these as great opportunities. Um, and I was just reflecting, and this struck me not too long ago as, as I was kind of reflecting on this pandemic and, and all the disruptions that it has uh, brought, um, especially what that might mean to um, a ministry leader, uh, a Pentecostal leader, uh, but I was uh, I was reading the story, and and this might sound kind of odd, but I was reading the the uh, parable about the ten virgins, and and you know we take this parable uh, to be about the end times and the return of Christ, which it is most most certainly is. But as I was asking the Holy Spirit to, which I do every time I engage God's Word for for the Holy Spirit to make it alive and fresh in a way that gives perspective, that gives insight. But as I was praying about that, I just began to sense, I also think that, you know, that, that parable can reference kind of 
all movements of God in our world in many ways. God is constantly moving. God is constantly active in our world. And it's only those churches with, as I was reading that, only those churches with oil in their lamps are ready to be obedient and follow God in the midst of trouble, in the midst of circumstances beyond our control in the midst of maybe how he wants to move. And the the oil, as I was reflecting in, in that parable to me, represents that connection to, to, um, to the Spirit of God, who gives us wisdom uh, when we listen and posture ourselves to receive from him. And this wisdom allows us and the church, I think, to adapt and be innovative in a new way, in a new environment. And I think the churches who thrive in these seasons, uh, like we have been facing uh, in, the, in these seasons of the movement of God, are those with oil in their lamp. And they are ready yes. to discern what God wants to do, even in the midst of the, 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 the circumstances and the trial and the difficulty. Uh, so I, I just think that was just an example of something that as I was, you know, kind of reflecting on all of these issues that that spoke to me, but regardless of whether or not, um, you know, we can have normative expressions of Pentecostalism, we have to remember that again, the Holy spirit works the same regardless of what our, uh, you know, might be the, the physical constrainment or, or, uh, you know, confinement, or if we're boxed in in a certain way, um, you know, we have to be reminded God is not limited to those conditions or restrictions that maybe COVID uh, has presented. Although these expressions, you know, I think are are so near and dear to the Pentecostal, we have to remember that these are not the end game, but simply one tool that God has given us to share the gospel and the power of God to change lives in radical and, and supernatural ways. And, and, and he still moves. I mean, I think about some of the shifts that we've had to make at Southeastern just in, in the way we do, um, you know, chapel and our spiritual formation, not gathering and all of that, but it's enabled us to develop, um, new ways to do discipleship and and new ways to do small groups and new ways to do Zoom discipleship. And and we are seeing God move on this campus in ways that I don't think we've ever seen before. And I really believe it's because we are listening and we are learning and we are discovering and we are getting a hold of what the Holy Spirit might want to teach us in the midst of this. It also, we know that there are a lot of people that are facing a, a, a lot of different unique uh, struggles and, and, and as, as a result of, of not being able to work, losing jobs, uh, family, I mean, all of these things, and they're, it's causing them to hunger even more mm-hmm. after the things of God and the Holy Spirit is able to get in. And, and through the power of the Spirit, we are seeing the expression of who Christ is and what Christ can do. And we're seeing people healed we're seeing, I mean, we're just seeing a lot of things happen. So I think the thing is, is be ready, be willing to make sure that we continually be filled with the oil, if you will, to be ready for whatever the cultural circumstance might be there and ready to operate in the way the Holy Spirit can do, even in the midst of change, even in the midst of, of um, a non-normative uh, situation. 
Yeah. So I think those are things to, to kind of grab hold of. That's so awesome. Let me ask you a follow-up question and then we're going to wrap up. To handle the unexpected, as you've just articulated, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Our, our lamps have to be filled with the oil. Absolutely. How have you personally kept your lamp full? Well, I'll tell you, first and foremost, it's, it's that I have to stay strong in my model of spirituality, um, which, is, which is holistic, holistic discipline, holistic discipleship. Um, man, if I'm, not, if I'm not consistently life managing how I get into the word and study the word, if I'm not consistent in, in my conversational prayer, and then most importantly, and I call it um, practicing, and I don't know why I use the word practicing, I guess, except for the fact that it's a constant, practicing the very presence of the Lord. Wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever conversation you're in, you are constantly, God, I, I want to be in your presence in this moment. And you may be in the midst of a difficult conversation, but yet in your mind, God, I want your presence in this moment. Yeah. And, and as I am continually developing that and living that way and doing that, I, there is no doubt in my life the presence of the Holy Spirit becomes powerful and strong. I think you have to continue to grow in, your, in the utilization of your prayer language. That's a beautiful uh, aspect of worship and personal adoration that begins to happen that cannot, there's no other way to fill your soul except through that. And that's so important. Um, the other thing is, is getting around people who can pour into your life and let those people pour into your life. A sense of accountability and spiritual growth in that way is important. So I've always built that into my life as well. And then you need to do the same for others. You need to be that person that, that invests and, and helps others to grow. So you kind of choose that. So I guess it goes to that, that model of spirituality, that, that discipline of, of, uh, uh, the spiritual disciplines that create holistic health in your life. That's at least for me. Dr. Engel, thank you for your time on today's podcast. It has been so rich. Um, I, we're just so grateful that you took some time out to invest in, in us. Oh, no, privilege to do so. Would Anytime. you do me? Anytime. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, hopefully we will be able to do this again one day. Uh, but before we go, please uh, close us in prayer. Sure. Father, we just thank you again for the privilege to have a great conversation. It's out of great conversations that we can listen, we can learn, we can discover, and we can begin to grow in, in what you have for us, God. You have so many things you want to utilize our lives for, to your glory, to your honor, to fulfill, to be kingdom-minded uh, in every way so that lives will come to know you. I pray that, God, in the midst of, of what we're dealing with and facing in this world, that you'll just help us to stay connected to you, God, that we will uh, draw close to you, because in the midst of that, you draw close to us. And I pray that you will help us. I also pray, God, that you will help us to use the gifts that you've given to us, because those gifts have been given to us, not for our benefit, but for others that we must go out and serve. Their gifts are for our benefit. So I pray that we will continue to walk, to live, to serve in the gifts that you've blessed us with. So again, we can be committed to proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
I pray that you'll continue to guide each and every one of us in our personal lives. We are thankful for the privilege to serve you. We ask your blessing, your favor to rest upon all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.